When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. It is the week of November 20th, 2023. It is Thanksgiving week. Crazy Thanksgiving's already here. The Christmas stuff is probably up all around you. I know I spent this weekend getting all the uh, all the Christmas stuff out of storage, out of the attic, and uh, putting away all the Halloween and fall stuff, and we'll be putting up the tree, getting all that good stuff going. I'm sure you guys are doing the same. Before we get into it, got to plug everything. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Disney World Today. My DMs on Instagram are always open. Feel free to stop by, say hello, send me a message about Disney, about life, about sports. If you have ideas for the show, topic ideas, episode ideas, top 10 lists, rankings, if you have a Disney opinion, if you have, if you want to vent about Disney, feel free to reach out. Um, I uh, I really love that um, my podcast can give you guys, the average Disney fan, anyone listening, a voice. And, I, and I've talked about it in previous episodes, but if you're new and you, you haven't heard me talk about it, one of the main reasons why I started this podcast is. I used to listen to a pretty popular Disney podcast and he would talk about certain topics and stuff and I would message him and, and comment on Twitter, on Instagram, email, and, and not one time did he ever reply or bring, you know, bring it up on the air, anything like that. And I always felt like I had good Disney views and Disney opinions. And I was like, man, I, I'm just, I'll just start my own. And I always kind of said, like, if I did that, I wanted to include you guys, include the listeners as much as possible. And as you've heard in previous episodes, a lot of times, like if you guys have uh, an idea that would make a good episode, send it to me on Instagram. I'll use it. Today is another example of that. If you could also too, just hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, leave a rating, leave a, leave a review. If you do write me a review over on iTunes, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. And if you'd like to support the show, support me, you could do so. The link is in my Spotify or in my Instagram bio. Last week on the show, we talked about random things at Disney that we love. That was a fun one to do. I uh, made a few TikToks about it as well. What I, what I really loved, and it kind of ties into my intro there, is at the end of um, at the end of the episode, I went over the things that you guys sent in. I asked you guys on Instagram, what are some random things at Disney you love? And it was so cool to read those because. It's one of those things like with Disney, like I have the ones that I can kind of think of and remember, but like once you hear other people mention, you're like, oh yeah, like that is pretty cool. Like one of them, one of you guys sent in was uh, when you see a cast member who's from, and they have like obviously their ID badges, like their name, and then underneath it'll be like their hometown. And like, it was always so cool, especially as a kid growing up and seeing, you know, a, a Disney cast member from Chicago. Like we would always start up a conversation as a kid from Chicago going to Disney once a year, like that always gave me like hope and like, Hey, like this person's from my town, from my city, they're working at Disney, they're living in Florida. Like I could do the same. Like 
it's so cool. Like the random stuff like that, the garbage cans, the logos on the garbage cans, the resort lobby entrance mats, like all the, like the small details that, um, you know, Disney puts into their resort or the parks or whatever. Uh, it's just kind of cool to see that we each kind of love some of those random obscure things at Disney. That's what makes Disney different than other places. Like I'm not going to Las Vegas and be making a top 10 list of random and obscure things I love at, at Las Vegas. No, this is strictly a Disney thing. But uh, that, that was a fun episode. If you haven't listened already, uh, I do recommend it. It's available everywhere. This week, as I mentioned, is based on a suggestion from one of you guys. This week's episode is based off the suggestion on Instagram from Rowan McMillan. About maybe like a month or two ago, he sent, sent me a message on Instagram um, with a bunch of suggestions for episodes. And I believe the episode I did on, uh, replacing Stitch's Great Escape was also, uh, based on a suggestion from Rowan. So we're doing another one today. We're doing the top Disney attraction songs. I'm going to do my top five. I was thinking like, do I just do the best ones? Do I do top 10? But I was thinking, you know what? A lot of times on this show, I'll do like a ranking and not actually rank things because it's just so difficult. But I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to do my top five attraction songs at Walt Disney World. Now, these are the songs that you hear during the ride. So all this, like the music and stuff you hear before the ride in the queue afterwards, that doesn't count. It has to be a song or music that you hear while you're riding. So this one will be a lot of fun. Love doing my top lists. Again, I struggle with actually ranking them, uh, but I'm going to have to do that today. I'm going to try to add maybe um, something at the end, maybe a Q&A or something, just to make the episode a little longer. Um, it is Thanksgiving week, and um, I don't know about you guys, but I, in the past, like I would have to travel sometimes for Thanksgiving, even if it was only like, you know, I, I wasn't traveling far, but driving from like my family to my wife's family or, you know, vice versa, seemed like we were always kind of driving. I was always trying to do both sides of the family and trying to do as much as possible. So there'd be days, you know, Thanksgiving, I'm driving, you know, 45 minutes, um, need something to listen to, right? So if you are traveling, if you need something to listen to, I am going to try to make this episode a little longer. So that's all I got for this intro. Let's get into it. Here we go. Your attention, please. (laughs) The Walt Disney World Railroad now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board! So shout out again to Rowan McMillan on Instagram for the uh, episode idea. Originally he said top attraction songs. And like I was saying, I could I could just do all of them. I could do a top 10, but I want to try and challenge myself. So I'm going to do my personal top five ranked in order. My top five favorite attraction songs, attraction music at Walt Disney World. I, I will have some honorable mentions. We'll go over those as well, but I'll do my top five first. And like I said, music before the ride, music in the queue, music in... You know, the outside area, the afterwards, the gift shop area, that stuff does not count. It has to be a song that you hear while you're riding. And I had a couple that came to mind instantly and I wrote down. But then it's like, whoa, you know, where do I rank these? Um, so it, 
it's tough. It's tough. I love it though. But all right, I'll start us off with my number five here. My number five pick for top five attraction songs. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow and tomorrow is just a dream away. That's right. With my number five pick, I went with Carousel of Progress. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow. This is one of those attractions. If I'm being honest with you guys, we're all in the trust tree here. If I was going to rank my favorite attractions, this one's probably towards the bottom. You know, it's one of those that we see, or I, I you know, I see more because of, I just appreciate the history behind it. You know, there's a little bit of nostalgia there, but mostly like I just appreciate this attraction and, you know, how it kind of started and its roots in the uh, in the New York World's Fair. But attraction-wise, you know, it's okay. It's an okay show. It's kind of got a cult following now. I have to admit, though, There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow is a good song. It's a very catchy song. You know, it might be the best part of that attraction. You know, each scene when you're watching, you know, um, kind of ends in song and kind of transition transitions you into the next scene, which I think is pretty cool. They start singing it. Definitely a very catchy song. It's stuck in your head. It's one of those, it's got a good message. Um, I enjoy like the, the instrumentals I've used like in the background of my podcast before, but you know, it, it's a classic. It's catchy. It's, it's enjoyable. It's, it's hard to not sing along. You know, it's one of those attractions, like I said, I'm, I'm probably not going out of my way to go on, but we usually always do it once a trip, and we, we usually end up singing along. I think that plays a big role in my list, is um, songs that you end up singing along to while you ride the attraction. I was also just kind of thinking, too, when I was making this list in my head, do you guys remember all of those, like, Disney greatest hits Um CDs back in the day they had like a bunch of different ones they were all like different colors there was like a green one a blue one a red one and I feel like a lot of the attraction songs were on those CDs I was like thinking in my head like which which songs would I used to listen to you know in the family car or in my CD player and sing along to and I always enjoyed and, and there's a great big beautiful tomorrow is definitely one of those for me all right let's move on now to my number four pick again this list was very tough my number one was pretty easy, and then, you know, two through five, like, I had a couple of them that I needed to have on my list, and then there was one I was contemplating not having on my list, uh, but we'll get to that, but let's stick with my number four here. So for my number four, top five Walt Disney World attraction songs, let's head on over to Epcot. That's right, with my number four pick, I went with Imagination, uh, from Journey into Imagination with Figment. Again, another classic song. And when I'm making up this list, I, I really did put into consideration songs that uh, myself or my family would sing along to. 
And as soon as I uh, went and got the audio to uh, put that in there, and I'm watching like a ride through because I took that right from a uh, ride through video, I'm watching it and as soon as the song broke out, I could instantly picture my dad singing along, clapping his hands, stopping his feet. He absolutely loves this song. Um, it's definitely a family favorite, the, the ride and the song. Like my mom loves Figment and Dreamfinder. My sister always uh, liked this attraction in Figment. Um, and the song is, is very catchy. I love, you know, say what you want about the attraction. I know this attraction gets a lot of back and forth on what they should do with it. Um, it's one of those, I remember going on as a kid after they had just like re, uh, refurbished it and they changed it. I remember my mom telling me how like a lot of people were upset that they missed the original version. I always, I always liked this version. You know, obviously now it's a little dated, but as a kid, I thought this ride was really cool because you're going through, like, first of all, it's like. Uh, you go through the queue and you see, like, they have uh, Rick Moranis from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. They have Robin Williams from Flubber. Um, the actor that's, was it, Nigel, uh, whatever his name is, is a, a well-known actor. Then you get on the ride and there's, like, the, you know, the different senses. Uh, figment with the bouncing eye chart. You go to the one scene of the ride with the skunk, with the skunk smell. Uh, it, it just, I thought it was a cool attraction when I was a kid. And obviously, it's a little dated now. But the song, we've always loved the song. We've always like sung along to it. It's one of those we can recite it almost word for word. And again, it's one of those we used to listen to, you know, in the family car with the Disney CD in the CD player on repeat. Listen to all those Disney greatest hits. So my number four pick, Imagination from Journey into Imagination with Figment. All right. So for my number three pick, this is the one I might get some flack for. You know, this is the one I, I contemplated not putting on my list because this one is more music than a song, if, if that makes sense. You know, the, the other four on my list are all songs with lyrics that you can sing along to. This one, not so much. But this music, this song is just iconic to me. It brings a just rush of feels and my number three pick, we're staying at Epcot. For my number three, I went with Soren from Epcot. That Soren theme song. Now, I believe you hear it in the queue or in the area as well. But the when you hear this music as you're riding the attraction, it's it's just an amazing feeling because it you already you feel like you're flying, and the music just fits so perfectly. The scene that I used. Um, is you're like flying over like a bunch of snowy mountains and then like um i don't know if it's antarctica or what but there's a bunch of polar bears uh, and then they jump into the water and the music just absolutely fits perfectly they did such a great job and i know there's no words there's no lyrics you can't sing along to it but this song is perfection it really is 
And it's one of those songs, again, I had it on a CD. I think it was on like the Walt Disney World official album CD, one of those. And I used to listen to it all the time. It's like one of those I, when I first got like an iTouch and my iPhone, like I imported the the Disney CD onto my phone. And like to this day, it's like one of the songs, like when I, for whatever reason, when I um, start my truck sometimes, it'll just start playing music from my phone. And that, like, that's one of them. And I, I love it. I love the Soren music. It's like music I used to always use when I would make like montage videos. Like we'd go on our Disney vacations. I'd come back and, you know, I'd make slideshows and just put video clips and pictures and, you know, put them on YouTube or just download them on the computer. And I'd always use the Soren music. I think even in 2008, when, when my buddy Brian came with, we made a bunch of like a montage video of our trip. And I th I'm pretty sure we used uh, that music as well. I just love the music. It's perfect. It's 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 music I list I can listen to outside of the attraction, and it fits the attraction perfectly. And for all of those reasons, I had to put it on my list here at number three. All right, top two now. The top two, if, if you haven't guessed already, are going to be pretty popular, pretty iconic ones. Um, you know, and, and to be honest too, it wasn't really a big debate for me. Uh, one and two, like I had my number one right away. Um, and number two isn't a bad spot either. So for my number two pick, let's head on, head on over to the Magic Kingdom. The Haunted Mansion, Grim Grinning, Grinning Ghosts, an absolutely iconic song. Another song that fits perfectly in the attraction. What I love about this song and the music on uh, the Haunted Mansion attraction is that it's like one big long song from start to finish. Like when you get on the ride, you start to hear just a little bit of music in the background during certain scenes of the ride. Like there's a scene where you, in the hallway you pass like an organ that's kind of playing the same song, just like at a slower, um, like a slower rhythm, like it all kind of connects like the ballroom dancing scene and then of course once finally you make it to the graveyard and you hear the iconic song I, I love the music it fits perfectly it's so catchy from start to finish again one of those one of those we'd have on you know on the family cd player um singing along wherever we were back home singing along on the ride like that's what makes this list is like songs that spark some sort of emotion and like every single one that i've listed so so far um like haunted mansion i hear the song and i could picture myself on the ride i can picture myself being a kid on the ride i can picture myself being in our in our family car and my dad singing along in his super deep voice you know the um the the part of the ride with like the singing heads um like my dad would always try to like replicate their voice by singing as low uh, as he possibly could. And that's what makes this song great. It's iconic. We all know it. We all love it. it. It never has to be changed. There aren't different versions. They didn't tweak it. It's just, it's been the same pretty much since the ride's inception, which, uh, which says something. You know, it's, it's a spooky song. It fits. It's, it's a good one to play during Halloween. Um, I also remember as a kid having this like, Disney sing-along VHS tape and there was a I don't know if this was a special Halloween one 
but there was like a, a part of it where they're at the haunted mansion and there's it was so creepy as a kid but i'll never forget i remember it was like the witch from snow white i believe was in it and there's like dancing trees and they were singing along and like it's just like burned into my brain like i'll never forget that but grim grinning ghosts absolutely iconic my number two attraction song at walt disney world all right we made it to my number one after this one i'll go through uh, a lot of my honorable mentions obviously there's a lot i had to leave off my list and then after that i got some good q a we'll do some q a from you guys that you sent on instagram but for my number one pick if you haven't guessed it already That's right, my number one pick, Pirates of the Caribbean, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. Again, just an absolute iconic song, just absolutely amazing music. It fits the ride perfectly. It's one of those they've never had to tweak. It's been the same pretty much since it came out, since the ride debuted. And very similar to Haunted Mansion, I love that the, the song is almost like one long song as soon as you get to the Pirates area because you hear kind of different versions of it while you're outside the attraction, while you're standing in line, afterwards in the gift shop. it's all It all kind of ties together. Even like in the beginning of the ride, you just kind of hear like some, some quiet, spooky noises, a little bit of pirate music in the background, and then it just kind of builds up as you go through the ride. It's one of those songs too, I feel like even the casual or non-Disney fan knows or has heard before as well which is pretty cool to think about i think there's a few disney songs that are kind of like that um you know haunted mansion maybe but i i feel like yoho a pirate's life for me might be the number one song that uh probably there's another one but pirates is definitely like top two or three that everyone knows or has heard of it's one of those disney songs too i instantly hear it and i can picture myself on the ride in that boat just all the sounds and the feelings around me. My dad's singing along. You know, it's again, it's it's a good song. It has a good rhythm, has good instruments. It has good singing. Like, I don't know. It's just an all around great song. I think it's the number one attraction song in all of Walt Disney World. This is my personal opinion, um, but it's it's definitely my favorite. So I did have quite a few honorable mentions, you know, when, when you make a list like this, like I, I easily could have done top 10 and just ranked them all. But sometimes when you do like a top 10 and, uh, you know, there's not that many Disney attraction songs that would like make the cut. Like if I'm making a top 10, there's probably only two or three that are, you know, being left out. Whereas if I do a top five, like I actually have to put some thought into it actually struggle with ranking them and where am I putting, you know, which song uh, at the top, at the bottom, which one doesn't make the cut. Um, so I definitely had a bunch of them. Like one of the, I think we got to talk about It's a Small World, right? Like iconic uh, with Pirates, I feel like it's like one and two most iconic attraction songs. That's the one that I feel like probably everybody knows. But for me personally, I mean, come on, I, I just, I can't, I can't. You, you ride It's a Small One, you hear that song for like 12 straight minutes, and I appreciate the ride, I appreciate the history of It's a Small World, but as a song, 
I, I can't put it on my list. I just, I'm not the biggest fan of the song itself. When you hear it for so long, I don't know. I just, I can't do it. Um, the next one on my list, if this attraction was still open, would have made the top five. Um, and that's Zippity Doodah uh, from Splash Mountain. Just, again, another iconic song. I think it's one of those I, I liked so much because of it was on Splash Mountain. And, you know, you, you go through the whole ride, you have the big drop at the end, and then there's like that moment of almost like relaxation of, I don't, I don't know, peace, calm. When you go through that scene with the giant riverboat and they're all singing zippity-doo-dah, there was just, I don't know, there's some, something about that. I can feel, I can see that image in my head. When I hear the song, I picture that image. I can feel like the cold air, like I'm kind of wet. I, 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 there's like a slight chill now because of the water. You're on the boat, everyone's singing. Like it's, it's so great. That one definitely uh, would have made my list. The next one on my list is actually Rock and Roller Coaster. Again, I kind of contemplated whether to include this or not, but I'll, it's fine on the honorable mentions because you know they're actual songs. I will say, I don't know. I, I love Rock and Roller Coaster and hearing those classic Aerosmith songs. Actually, my favorite one is probably uh, Sweet Emotion. I know you know Walk This Way is like their popular one, but Sweet Emotion. When I'm riding Rock and Roller Coaster and I hear that, like I almost get the chills. Like that's that's the one I want to hear as I'm riding uh, Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith on Rock and Roller Coaster. I'm sure some people would argue that maybe like Cosmic Rewind now. Uh, would be on their list. I know they use actual songs again, though I haven't written that yet. Uh, so I'm not, I, I just can't include it. Another honorable mention, I think, has to be the Tiki Room. Again, another iconic classic Disney attraction. Pretty popular song, pretty catchy. Um, I, I do like how they have like all the different characters, like, you know, like the different birds have their own parts. Uh, again, one of those songs we probably listen to a lot. You know, in the family car growing up on the CD. I remember, you know, if you guys were my age or around my age and old enough to remember, uh, there was a stretch there at Disney. They had this thing where you can make your own Disney CD. And for the younger kids listening, like, you just, you won't understand. Like, this was a big deal. Like, back then, this is like even probably pre like Napster and illegally downloading music and stuff. In order to listen to your favorite Disney songs, you had to have, you know, all the different CDs and just change them in and out. The fact that you could make like your own mixtape and put it on a CD of all these Disney songs. And they had a they had like every single Disney song ever made, like ones we never even heard of. And you could like preview them there. That was a big deal. And I remember the one that we made, the Pope Family CD, like the the first track was like this Tiki Room song. But it was it wasn't you know, the famous it in the tiki, 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 tiki room. It was like uh, a different version, like from the attraction. Uh, it was great. We, we used to listen to that non-stop. I think it's like the part where like the gods are coming out or something like that. But we absolutely played the hell out of that track. A couple smaller ones that I've always appreciated. I feel like uh, don't get talked about a lot, actually. The Walt Disney World Railroad, they used to have like the, a little bit of music on there. Again, I don't know if they still do because it's been closed for so long. I haven't written it in so long. But they used to have like this little musical jingle in between like the narration I always loved. You know who's got some underrated music actually is the Mad Tea Party. I feel like they have a, a pretty good soundtrack 
uh, and as you're spinning as fast as you can in, a, in this giant teacup, uh, the music in the background definitely helps. I think maybe some people would have Nothing Can Stop Us Now from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Railroad. Uh, I don't know. That song, I feel like the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is kind of catchy. But if you hear it more than once, I'm just like, oh, man, I can't stand this. I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know what it is. I think it got popular maybe on TikTok, too. That Maybe that ruined it for me. But I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of that song. So the last one on my honorable mentions list here is actually the Country Bear Jamboree. And again, I, I appreciate the attraction. I appreciate the music. It, it's actually, it's not bad. I actually like it. I feel like it's, it's really well done. It's pretty catchy. It holds up. I'm just not, uh, I'm not a big enough fan of the attraction to have like that much of a attachment to that song. But Country Bear Jamboree definitely needs to be at least in the conversation. Um, you know, Peter Pan's Flight, maybe you could do that too. You know, it's the 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 song from the from the movie. What's that? You think you can fly or something, I think is in there. Um, and then I didn't include like Mickey's Philharmagic. That seemed unfair because they just play like the the songs from the movies. Um, they play the hits. But that's my top five Walt Disney World attraction rankings. Let me know what you guys think. Send me a message on Instagram reach out to me which one's made your list like do you agree do you disagree you know the i feel like the one that maybe you could argue at least uh, i think is soren just because it's not like an actual song with lyrics but man i'm telling you like the from the first time i heard it to even now when i'm watching you know the ride video to get the audio like i i hear that music and i see the scenery uh and it just kind of hits different you know maybe some people don't like um one little spark the imagination song and again, like if you don't have a good attachment to that ride or the character Figment, you know, maybe you find that song just kind of boring or cheesy or outdated or anything like that. But let me know what you guys think. And I'm also hoping that uh, since I use some of the actual audio, hopefully I don't, uh, don't get a uh, copyright strike or anything like that. So if this episode is delayed or just magically erased from your playlist, uh, you know why. And as I mentioned before we finish up, I got some Q&A. I asked you guys on Instagram. It's like, hey, I need uh, some Q&A for my podcast this week. As I mentioned, as someone who used to have to drive a lot for the holidays, I was always traveling back and forth. You know, I, I always appreciated having something to listen listen to. And um, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, like those were the two, like I'd be driving and, you know, it's, it's weird because those are the two holidays where like Christmas, maybe even a little more. Like I remember Christmas Day, uh, we'd go by like, uh, my my wife's family and then drive you know to my my parents and or my grandparents' house and you're driving on the road you know it's probably you know five six o'clock here it's dark there's like no one on the road it's just a weird feeling uh, and I always just kind of have uh, appreciated having something new to listen to like I wasn't listening to Christmas music because at that point you're kind of Christmas music out. I wasn't listening to some crazy workout playlist. I was like, just give me something. So hopefully if, uh, you know, if you need something like that, hopefully I was able to help out a little bit. All right, let's do some Q&A now. Um, and I put it on Instagram. I got another uh, reason to follow me there. doesn't have to be Disney related, but I think uh, most of these are. So let's start us off. Uh, this first one from Z Safir. Thoughts on Disneyland? And I, I can already see this next one from Amanda Matteo. Have you ever been to Disneyland? So I'll just kind of combine these two. 
I've been to Disneyland one time. We went there in 2015. Um, you know, it was just one of those, you know, we'd be going to Disney World as a family since I was two years old. Um, that's a pretty good streak. We didn't go one time in 1993 when my sister was born. And we've been going to Disney World every summer since. And it just got to the point, I don't know, my I think my mom and dad always still kind of wanted to do one of those classic family road trips. You know, that's kind of what my mom would do growing up as a kid. Like their vacation, they'd go on road trips. I think they went to like Niagara Falls. They went to like Tennessee. They drove down to, to Disney when it opened. You know, everyone pack in the family station wagon and just drive. They wanted to do something like that. So what we did is we flew to Vegas. My parents had only been to Vegas, I think one time. So that was fun to actually, you know, go to Vegas with them. We flew to Vegas for... I think a day, we spent the night there, or spent the day there. Then we drove from Vegas to Death Valley, California. Death Valley National Park. We stayed at this resort. I think it was called Furnace Creek. Guys, absolutely amazing, I'm telling you. I think it got up to like 110, and it felt so weird. It was like walking uh, in an oven. Like that's what it felt like, just hot air. Like uh, I think I compared it to like, uh, like someone was like just blow drying you in the face like the entire time. But it was cool. Like they had like this like spring pool. There was like a golf course over there, which I didn't even understand how they have one of those. So cool. And a decent pizza place, Death Valley, California. It was like, I think it holds a record for hottest temperature in United States history. Um, they had all that stuff. I was shooting hoops there. Like it was, it was really cool. Then we continued our little trip, drove from there to um disneyland we stayed uh we did we did two days at disneyland we stayed at the grand californian i believe it's called the one that kind of reminds you of uh, wilderness lodge we stayed a couple days in anaheim and we did like some touristy stuff but disneyland i enjoyed it i thought it was cool unfortunately i feel like i need to go back you know we were only there for two days we just had so much going on I feel like I didn't get to do everything. We did both parks, but I feel like we skipped out on some rides. There's definitely some rides I wanted to do again. Um, I don't know. It's just different. You know, uh, growing up, seeing like you'd see like all these Disney like specials on, on TV or read about it. And you always saw like how Walt like didn't like that Disneyland didn't have a lot of surrounding land. And like the one other thing that I didn't really like is like, you just kind of pull up and like there's Disneyland and you're on the monorail and you can see, you know, regular stuff across the street. I think there was like an IHOP or something I saw, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I definitely appreciated the history and stuff there walking around uh, Disneyland and on down Main Street. I couldn't believe how small their castle was, to be honest. Um, I enjoyed the Indiana Jones attraction. I enjoyed their Thunder Mountain, their Space Mountain, Hyperspace Mountain. Um, I, I get, I get a little foggy on like all of the attractions on which one was at which park, you know, uh, California adventure. They had like that river ride, that river raft ride. Um, but yeah, it, it was cool. I, I definitely need to do it again. My wife has never been there. So that's on our bucket list. A Cooper 16 asked if you could visit a foreign park, which one would you choose and why? Disneyland Paris always seemed kind of cool. I think that one's like the oldest of the foreign parks. But I think it would have to be uh, Disney Sea. Is that Tokyo? Tokyo Disney Sea? That's one, I don't know. It just looks, I think it's the newest. It looks just so cool. 
it looks like they, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of like the Disney of old where like they just go all out on theming everything, like everything down to the last intricate detail. Uh, they put a lot of time and effort and money into. Seems like they have a lot of cool attractions. I, I think they have like some sort of like journey to the center of the earth attraction. I think they had Tron over there. Just looks really cool. Um, you know, state-of-the-art technology and stuff. I would definitely want to check out uh, Disney C. Ali M146 says, What country would you add to World Showcase? This is actually an episode I have planned coming up where um, it's going to be, uh, if you could add two countries to World Showcase, which ones would you add? So I'll kind of save my pick for that. But I've always thought about that. Like, there's a good amount they could choose from. And they have the space. I think they have the space for, like, two more I'm sure they could add on more if they really wanted to. And if you go back and look, like they had, um, they had planned originally for some other c- countries to be in there. I think one of them was like, I want to say it was like Germany, maybe Israel at some point. Or no, Germany's already in there. What am I saying? Israel at one point. Maybe Russia, I think, is the one I was thinking of. I don't know. There's some, some uh, pretty crazy uh, ideas when you really think about it. So I'll save my picks uh, for when I do the episode in a few weeks here this next one from the adventures of max and greg when you think about peak disney we've talked about it what's the one thing you always remember first example extra magic hours hitting the magic kingdom uh, mountain range with no lines everything was perfect peak disney what's the first thing that comes to mind when i think peak disney like the first things that are coming to mind for me is definitely like being a kid the the mid to late 90s But also, like, you know, I always kind of say it. I feel like Disney didn't really start to feel like it was changing until, like, 2010, 2012, around there. Peak Disney, to me, I feel like was original theming, original attractions. It was, like you said, extra magic hours. It was the parks being open late. Like, for me, like, Peak Disney, I think about, like, just going to the Magic Kingdom in the summer and it being open on a regular Friday or Saturday till 2 or 3 a.m. Like, that was, like, standard. Like, being at the Magic Kingdom till midnight was, like, normal in the summer. Um, 1 a.m., I, f- I feel like maybe they had extra magic hours until 2 a.m. There's definitely times I was at the Magic Kingdom, it was, like, 2 or 3 a.m. And this was a normal occurrence. Like, I think about that. Paper Fast Pass, I feel like, was peak Disney. Just, it... I don't know. It, it was a very unique system. It was free and it got you into the parks. Cause for example, like if you wanted a fast pass for test track, you couldn't roll into Epcot at, you know, 11 AM noon and expect to get a, uh, a fast pass for like the next couple hours. Like you had to get there right when it opened, go right to test track. Our strategy was like the fastest one would run ahead, take all of our park passes get fast passes for test track right away and then we would stand in line and ride it and sometimes by the time we finished riding it it was time for our fast pass and we could knock out two test track rides back to back you know right when we got to the park it was it was pretty fun times the the park hours extra magic hours it just seemed like disney was more focused on the fan experience like they cared more about us um and I say too, like Disney still kind of felt like a mom and pop shop, not this big corporation. All the the details and original attractions and all the like the extra stuff they would do 
whether it was the cast members or stuff they would you know put into their theming and attractions like that was peak disney to me this next one from spring lou 114 this was a good one i posted this one on my instagram where do you see disney world in 10 years time man i'm not i'm not gonna lie like i've never thought about this before like where do i see disney in 10 years which is crazy like 10 years 10 years ago was 2013 and think about how much has gone on at disney since 2013 it almost feels like it's an entirely different park different organization 10 years from now so 2033 what is disney world going to be like man I don't, i'm hopefully i'm still going the the way the prices are going and I, i've always kind of said this they're not going to go down right there there's no chance that disney lowers park tickets right or prices at all i would be shocked i feel like something would have to happen to them as a company maybe with their stock uh, with their just numbers overall something would have to happen drastically for them to actually decrease prices now i will say the one thing that i feel like could make a change make a difference is when universal studios opens its third park i'm pretty sure it'll be open by 10 years from now because they're already working on it right is is disney going to counter to that are they going to add some new big expansion are they going to talk about a fifth park i'll be honest i i don't know 10 years from now i i still don't think there will be a fifth park if they do they're going to have to announce it like in the next year or two i would think um maybe by then there'll be plans for a fifth park at some point they have to talk about that because I'm sure all of you guys have noticed I've been posting like old vintage Disney videos on my Instagram and TikTok. And a lot of the comments I'm getting, and it really makes me think, is like, watch those videos and look how just not crowded it is. You know, Disney was always kind of crowded, but it was never like it is now where it's just constantly, anytime you go, there's just a sea of people. It seems like Disney's just, there's just more and more people going every year. They just keep building more and more hotels more and more locals go like on a daily basis at a certain point here they're going to either have to add a huge expansion onto some of their parks whether it's magic kingdom another uh, hollywood studios expansion or just announce it and build a fifth park they're, i feel like they got to do something i think 10 years from now we'll see uh, some of our current favorite attractions either gone or changed 10 years from now i don't think there'll be a rock and roller coaster I don't think there'll be a Muppet Vision. I, I think there'll be a different version of Journey into Imagination. Maybe something with Nemo. Maybe something with like some of the other shows. Like the, I mean, will Fantasmic still be there? I, I don't know. That that'd be a long run if it can make it another ten years. They'll probably add some more Marvel-themed attractions or shows into their into their parks at Disney World. But it's definitely going to be different. There's going to be different rides or like rethemed of some of our current ones. I'm sure more hotels, uh, but we'll see. It'll be definitely this next different. one from Davy Trader, I think. At what point does Di going to Disney become unaffordable? You know, honestly, I mean, we're kind of, I think, kind of there now, aren't we? Like the the prices are absolutely insane. Um, it seems like they don't offer too many deals anymore. Just. Just getting into the parks, the park ticket is so rough. Like, 
if they just stopped increasing that, it would be a lot more doable. Like I'm at the point I've talked about on here plenty of times in the last couple of years, I've bought a house, had a destination wedding and had a baby. And the reason why I haven't been going to Disney is because I did those things and we prioritize those things, you know, I, we, or I'm not big on just loading up on credit card debt and it would just be, I don't know, like unresponsible for me to just plan this huge Disney vacation when we have, you know, all of these new like bills and stuff, all these new, uh, life experiences and changes and Disney's not cheap and the prices keep going up, you know, between flying there, airfare, hotel, transportation, like we would have to rent a car, you know, um, we were always fans of renting a car anyway, like those prices aren't cheap. Flying is not cheap. It's a hassle. Uh, the hotels, Disney hotels, you know, even the value resorts aren't like that much of a value anymore. Like price wise, when you compare it to other surrounding hotels, you know, I just watched a video, uh, on YouTube. This guy does a really good job. He's got like, Oh, I think he's close to 300,000 subscribers. Sunbright travels, I think is the channel. He does a lot of stuff. And he just did a review of the Riviera Hotel at Disney World. He did his review of it. And I believe the title was Disney's newest deluxe resort is not worth the price. And he did a review. He stayed in a room there that was like 220 square feet. He paid over $570 for one night. It's just unbelievable some of these prices. And they just keep, they keep building these vacation club resorts that are not cheap. You know, they, the one at the Polynesian one, uh, they're going to start building one at Fort Wilderness. I'm probably never going to be able to stay there because they're not going to be cheap. They're more focused on building the luxury hotels and getting money from that. The park prices keep going up. The food prices keep going up. The portions are going down. It's tough. You know, honestly, we might be at that point right now, at least for me right now, it's just not affordable you know it's something we have to save and work towards um and it's something like we're not going to just plan a a random trip and you know blow our savings or rack up some credit card debt just to go to disney i just i can't do that anymore this next one from ryan t klug what was the best hollywood studios icon tower of terror sorcerer's hat water tower so that's the earful tower to me in, in my opinion um well, first of all, like the Sorcerer's Hat gets a bad rap. Like people hate on that. Like why? Why did people hate that so much? I I liked it. And I, I feel like a lot of the complaint was that it blocked um, the Chinese theater, which is now like a Mickey Mini cartoon ride. Like, I don't know. The Earful Tower, I always thought was cool, but because of where it was placed, I feel like it just wasn't, it was kind of like an afterthought. In my opinion, the icon of MGM Studios, of Hollywood Studios is Tower of Terror. I feel like that should be their centerpiece, you know? Spaceship Earth is the centerpiece of Epcot. That's an attraction. Like, Tower of Terror, although it's a it's an attraction, it's, I think it's the centerpiece. I think that's the one. That's the icon. All right, let's see. we got a couple more here from uh, Ryan T. Klug. Best games to play in line at Disney. What's the big one a lot of people play? Heads Up. That's when you play on your phone. It's like, uh, was it like charades or, or something? That was not bad. I, that's a lot of work, and it's, it's loud, and I don't know. We don't do that. Um, I've always liked just random Disney trivia, you know, while standing in line. Uh, you know, nowadays, it's a lot different with your phone. Like, back in the day, like, 
either my me or my sister would carry one of those Disney trivia books in our bags. Either that or like the Hidden Mickey book, and we'd either be doing trivia, we'd be looking for Hidden Mickeys. Nowadays with your phone, I mean, I could, I've done a fantasy football draft from my phone in line. I think I was in line for Toy Story Mania. I've done mock drafts. Um, sometimes, hey, sometimes you got to pull up the phone and kill some time as much as I hate, um, you know, doing that. Uh, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Also said, best slash favorite way to get around Disney using Disney transportation. The monorail is, is probably the best, right? It, but unfortunately, if unless you're staying at one of those resorts, kind of hard to get to. You know, uh, the Magic Kingdom resorts, Epcot. Uh, the Skyliner, I haven't ridden yet. I've heard mixed things on. You know, the boats, I'm not a, that's my least favorite. Um, just because sometimes you end, just, like, end up waiting a while. Like, that, there's been so many times where we go to, like, Fort Wilderness or Wilderness Lodge for breakfast. And we have to wait a while for a boat to come and get us. And it is not a great feeling going to Fort Wilderness, eating 12 pounds of Mickey waffles, and then standing on a hot wooden deck waiting for a boat. Um, as like the waves are kind of rocking the deck a little bit, it's 95 degrees in July, like you're sweating out your coffee. Not the best feeling. Um, so I will say probably the monorail. Um, and, you know, the bus when you don't have to stand is also a pretty solid one. All right, it looks like we got a few here from Rowan McMillan. The uh, Thank you again for your suggestion for this week's episode. Have you ever been to Universal Studios Florida? Thoughts? Yeah, I've been, I've been to Universal Florida a good amount of times, maybe five times or so, five or six times. We went a couple times when I was a kid. Uh, we went to Universal Studios. We went back when Islands of Adventure opened. And then we went, you know, maybe uh, one time in like 2012, 2014. And then me and my wife went in like 2017. She's a big Harry Potter fan. Universal's nice. Um, it has its positives and negatives. You know, um, the City Walk area is kind of cool. We always enjoy eating there. Um, Islands of like, that's the thing with Universal Studios. They, they're starting to do a better job, but for a lot of it, like, they had some cool rides, but they, they always lacked theming, whereas they're trying to put some more effort into the theming now, you know, with, with Harry Potter. The Harry Potter stuff there is absolutely amazing. Like, I'm not a big, I wasn't the biggest Harry Potter fan, but we went there, we checked out Wizarding, Wizarding World, had some, um, what's it called now? Now I can't think of it. The drink. What is the drink? I'm going to have to stop and Google it now. No, Butterbeer. I kept thinking of LaFoe's Brew. No, Butterbeer. Butterbeer is amazing. That whole area was cool. I always, I liked the Jurassic Park boat ride. I thought that was a cool one. I, I, to be honest, I kind of liked the older Universal Studios, like with Jaws and King Kong and those types of rides. Um, but I think it's cool. You know, it's fun for us to do like every few years, um, especially because, you know, my family's not the biggest like thrill ride people. Uh, my wife loves those, but uh, the rest of them would just kind of sit there holding our bags while we did like the Hulk coaster and these, you know, all these thrill rides. See his next one here. What is your guilty pleasure ride slash show? Hmm. Does living with the land count? I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure anymore. You know, maybe Muppets, Muppet Vision. I feel like that's the one that's one people skip a lot. Um, I don't mind doing. I like sitting down. It's never crowded. I like sitting down in a the theater. Like I like, I don't know. It just, it's one of those my family quotes a lot. Uh, so maybe... Maybe Muppet Vision would be my guilty pleasure show. And also from Rowan here, what's a hot take you have 
about an overrated slash underrated ride or show. I don't know if it counts as a hot take, but Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, I believe, is very overrated. Um, you know, Rise of the Resistance, I, again, I haven't ridden it, but, you know, people say it's a pretty cool ride. But the land itself and everything that they did was very, to me, underwhelming. It's something I don't mind skipping. I don't feel bad of, you know, that I haven't ridden Rise of the Resistance. Uh, that's probably, I don't know, if that counts as a hot take, I know there's a lot of people who are kind of against it as well. That's probably my main one. I just, I feel like the whole Star Wars thing is outplayed and overrated and it's such a niche group that, I don't know, I didn't, I don't think it deserved that. Um, if we need a better hot take, Happily Ever After was cool. Um... I like Wishes better. I don't know. I thought Wishes was a better show. Um, you know, Happily Ever After, they put the projection like on the castle and stuff. Good show. Don't get me wrong. But I, I didn't feel like it was necessary to for, you know, everyone to be literally crying um, when they took it away and crying, you know, when they brought it back. Um, that's, eh, there's a little, maybe a little better hot take. This next one from the Lost Sith 90. They have a couple here. What's one ride you feel doesn't get the love it deserves? Um, you know, again, living with the land is usually my go-to with that. The people mover, um, is another one. Those are probably my two that I've always kind of stated and stand by that are very underrated attractions at Walt Disney World. Also wanted to ask, what's your number one must do when arriving to Disney as a whole? Uh, you know, you got to do the Magic Kingdom and I would say like maybe like a lesser thing, World Showcase. I think depending on the who's going, like if it's someone who's around my age, you know, not maybe a small, like a family with small kids, but if you're around my age or older, like go to World Showcase, take your time, go through all the countries, go in all of the shops, um, try some of the food and you'll have a good time. This next one from Grace Chesney 55, favorite movie. Uh, let's see, in general, not Disney, my all-time favorite movie I think is Step Brothers. That's probably the movie I've seen the most. I love those types of comedies, like Will Ferrell stuff. Absolutely love Step Brothers. Disney-wise, it usually changes, but I think Toy Story is still my favorite Disney one. Co Ruckle 12 says, thoughts on Disney's Jollywood Nights? You know, I think it's a great concept. I've done an episode on, you know, how they should add more Christmas stuff in another Christmas party, and I do like that it's at Hollywood Studios. It's something different. I haven't experienced it yet, and I've heard, you know, mixed reviews on it. This next one from Hannah Mraz. We got a couple from Hannah here. Favorite Disney trip ever and why? So definitely my trip in 2021, July of 21, I got engaged to my wife. That's my favorite trip. It was just an all around, just perfect trip. Um, we went down to Florida. We spent like three or four days uh, at the beach, like our favorite spot, like outside of Tampa. That was great. We went to Siesta Key for a day. We loved it so much. We ended up getting married there. We rented jet skis in the Gulf of Mexico, like had so much fun doing that. Then we go to Disney, you know, I proposed, I think like on day two or three. So pretty early on in the trip, because not only did I want to like get it over with and stop stressing about it, but also I just wanted us to like enjoy a Disney vacation as an engaged couple. I think my sister's boyfriend came with for the first time, like, like and that was his first time at Disney. So that was pretty cool as well. My second favorite trip ever, too, is uh, 2008. I had I was 18, and my parents let me bring my friend with for the first time, my buddy Brian. You know, two 18-year-olds, the summer before college, we get to go to Disney. It was just a blast. Like, I'm going to do, eventually going to do an entire episode on it. 
and it also asked the best time of the year to visit Disney. You guys know me. I love going in the summer. I love going in July. I love the hot weather. It's like 37 degrees right now in Chicago. Like give me 90 degrees year round and I would not complain. It doesn't bother me. The cold bothers me. Um, but I, I, I do admit, you know, the, the heat and stuff can get a little much. I've always loved going in the summer too, because it was when, you know, the park hours were at their best. And even that's a little different now. I will say October is a pretty solid time to go. You get the Halloween party, you get all the fall decorations, the weather's great, and you get the food and wine festivals. You get all those kind of things wrapped into one. This next one from Carter Ivy, would you rather retheme Spaceship Earth or keep it the way it is? If my choices were keep it the way it is or completely retheme it, oh man, I don't know. We're rolling the dice there, you know? Like, I feel like Spaceship Earth maybe needs a few tweaks a few upgrades here and there, maybe upgrade some scenes, maybe the narration, the uh, that on-ride like interactive video. I think needs an upgrade, but I don't think I, I don't think I would completely retheme it. I think I would rather keep it the same than lose it and, and lose what it is. It's been that way for a while now, um, and I would hate to see it go away. And again, like I said, we're kind of rolling the dice because who knows, you know, what Disney would turn it into. So I think I would have to keep it the same. Grace Chesney fifty five asks, "What's your favorite ride?" This is a good one because, again, it's so hard to choose one. It feels like it's always changing. Um, I've always loved Test Track, but this newer version, you know, I like the older version better. I think if I had to pick, I think I'm going to go with Space Mountain. It's a solid choice, solid ride, good fun ride. Um, Thunder Mountain's in the conversation, too. Um, Test Track is also still in the conversation, but I think I would go with Space Mountain. This next one from Lauren Stonier. Do you think the addition of another Disney park will happen? I I do think it will happen. I mean, as I talked about with, you know, looking 10 years into the future, it will happen one day. It's just a matter of when. And I don't know. We've been thinking it's going to happen for a while now. I remember being probably maybe 12, 13, 14 years old. And we went and we visited like this Disney Vacation Club preview center. And, you know, my parents were back and forth on buying Disney Vacation Club for a while. Like they were close twice, like very, very close. And I remember the one time, I think it was when they were selling Animal Kingdom Lodge. We went, we checked it out. My dad, you know, wasn't the biggest fan of that one. And he just, he wanted to hold out. I believe he wanted to hold out until they did like a contemporary one, like a new one. Like he had a feeling they're going to build like Bay Lake Tower, like something over there. But he also, I remember sitting in that preview and my dad asking the worker, he's like, you know, I'm spending all this money. Like when are you guys going to build a fifth park? And that was like probably in 2004 that like we've been asking that question. We'll see what happens after Universal opens its third park. I feel like Disney will only op open up a fifth park if A, their attendance and their their stock price and all that stuff drops dramatically, or B, it just gets way too overcrowded that they're kind of forced to do it. Because they keep building all these hotels, and more and more people keep visiting, yet it's still only four parks, and they're still pretty much the same size with the same amount of things to do. And our last question today from nvasquez64, what is the Disney experience you're most looking forward to sharing with the little man? This is something my wife and I have talked about a lot. I've talked about it a lot and I know the I know my answer. It's a pretty simple one. Um, 
that I'm already trying to kind of work in there. I am excited for him to meet Mickey Mouse. So obviously, if you guys have kids, you could probably relate. We got a lot of Disney slash Mickey like baby stuff, like clothing, onesies, toys, blankets, books, a lot of Disney stuff, a lot of Mickey Mouse, a lot of his friends. And I'm pretty sure like I've seen like videos and stuff of like babies, um, you know, sounds crazy, but even dogs. Like I remember seeing a video like a dog had like a Santa Claus toy and it was like his favorite toy. Then it's um, owners took him to meet like Santa Claus in real life. And the dog's face was like, oh my God. And I've seen that happen with kids and babies. Like they see their favorite characters for the first time. And he's got you know, these, a couple Mickey toys and some like Mickey plushes, a Pluto plush. And I want him to love those toys so much that when we take him to Disney and he sees and meets Mickey or Pluto, that it's like actually them. And it's a larger than life, like magical moment for him to see his favorite character, his favorite person, his friends, Mickey and Pluto and Goofy, and to see them in real life. That's what I'm excited for, to see his face and see his reaction to that. Um, I honestly cannot wait for that. Like, it's going to be great. Um, you know, along with that, as he gets a little older, just seeing his reaction in general to things, like seeing his reaction to some of the attractions, some of the shows. You know, I'm sure you guys can relate, like taking someone who's never been to Disney before and seeing their reactions on some of the attractions or when they meet their characters. It's like that feeling, but it's like, it's my son and it's like, on a whole never a whole nother level, you know, because I'll I'll be like, you know, I can't wait to take him on the train or take him on pirates. I remember my first time riding Pirates of the Caribbean. I remember my first time riding Haunted Mansion and some of these, you know, Disney attractions. And I'm just really excited for that. And that wraps up our QA. Thank you guys uh, as always for participating on Instagram and sending in your questions. Uh definitely helped me out with this episode and filling some time here. And I I just I love I love answering your questions. I hope all you guys that ask them are listeners of the podcast. You can hear your answers. Um, definitely a lot of good questions there. I, I, I could do just episodes, just Q&A. Um, I would love to like ask you guys questions as well. But thank you guys always. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Top five attraction songs. Add a little audio in there as well. Good to sing along. I'm sure you guys listen to Disney music a bunch just like I do. Um, and, you know, something to listen to uh, over your holiday break, Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. Spend some time with family. Eat some good food. Watch some football. Do some shopping. Uh, whatever it is that you love to do. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Disney World Today. You can follow me on TikTok as well. I do have a YouTube out there. I don't, you know, post as much on there. But if you do want to follow me there, that's that's perfectly fine. Please hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating and a review. If you write me a review, you'll get a shout out on the very next episode, plus a virtual high five. If you'd like to support me and support the show, if you like what you're hearing, uh, you can do so on my Spotify homepage or in my Instagram bio. But that's all I got. You guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. Have fun, eat some food. And until next time, it all started with a mouse. Mm-hmm.